This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. After we played that video this morning, the band told me that we could just go home now. So we're done. We're good. All right. Amen. Right. He is risen. Welcome to the River Church. I'm so so glad that you're here with us today. I want to read something to you real quick, and this is not in the uh, slides, Tyler. Sorry, I just thought about it. Something I read um, before I preach every single week. You might see me down there looking at my Bible before I come up, and you're like, oh, he's going over his notes. I'm not. Here's what I'm reading. It's Isaiah 61, and at the beginning, I always read this before I preach to be reminded of what Jesus came to do, and as I get up before, I get up to speak to you, and it says this, the spirit of the Lord God is on me because the Lord has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, amen. That's what today is about, ladies and gentlemen, because Jesus was anointed, he came, and he did this for us. And so today we celebrate the greatest day in history, the day that hope became realized, the day that hope became actualized. And and I'm so thankful that you're here with us today. For centuries, you know, humanity waited for the rescuer from sin, death, hell, and the grave. And today we celebrate and we worship Jesus for what he's done for us. Today we celebrate Jesus as the resurrection, the savior of the world who's given us hope and life. And because of his death and resurrection, sin is broken and death is defeated. I'm ready to go home now, amen. You know, as a pastor, I often get, um, I get to experience and celebrate in people's some of the best moments of people's lives. I've shared this with you before, but like even this week, uh, Chris here who goes to the River Church, he was looking for a job. He got a new job. We'd been praying for him. So I got to celebrate with him as he got his new, his new job. I got to be a part of babies being born and all that kind of fun stuff. And, um, but also there's a flip side of that, right? I get to be a part of a lot of the tough stuff as well, a lot of the difficult things. A guy called me a couple months ago and said, hey, Mike, uh, it was late at night. He said, hey, man, can we meet for lunch tomorrow? And I said, yeah, man, is everything okay? And he goes, well, I'm calling my pastor late at night to ask to meet for lunch. What do you think? So if you ever wonder when you ask me for lunch, if I seem a little gun shy, there's a reason. Nobody ever just wants to hang out with me. <laughs> it's either really good, let's celebrate something great, or like my life's falling apart. So just so you know, if I seem a little shattered, it's because I am. But anyways, a few years ago, I was at a funeral. And uh, as I was at this funeral, uh, there's these three guys and they're looking uh, over the casket and they begin to talk kind of like you do, I guess. And so they begin to say, you know, I wonder, you know, one of these days we're going to be in one of these boxes. And, and, and I wonder what it's going to be like when we're in that box. So, you know, we have a lot of things to say about this guy who's in here. So I wonder what, you know, people will say about us when, when we die. And so the first guy said, man, you know, I hope that, I, I would hope that they would say, man, he, he loved his community. He served his community. He took, he, 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 his community was different because he was a part of it. And then the second guy goes, yeah, that's really good. He goes, you know what? But I, I really wish that I want people to say that he was a family man, that he loved his family. He, his family loved him. They, they knew he was always there for them. He was a part of their lives. And both of those are really good things. And, the, and then the third guy, you know, he was, he was looking out in the casket and he was thinking for a long time. He said, you know, when they look down on my body, when I, die and I'm in this casket and they look over I want them to say look he's breathing (laughs) y'all didn't expect it to go that direction did you (laughs) 
Today, I don't want to talk to you about death, but life, and not that kind of resurrection that's like zombies, but the resurrection of Jesus. And I think a lot of times when we talk about Easter, a lot of times we focus on the death aspect of Easter. And I, I think that as we think about the, the death aspect, Jesus dying on the cross, a lot of times what people think is that Jesus came and died on the cross simply to make good people or to make bad people better. That Jesus came and died on the cross to make bad people good people. And that's not really why he came and died on the cross. Now, he wants to flip you and he wants to to sanctify you and make you a good person, make you a holy person, grow in your faith. But Jesus didn't die to make bad people good. Jesus died and rose, rose again on the cross to make dead things come to life. Jesus came and died on the cross to make dead things and dead people come back to life. C.S. Lewis said this, Easter is death working backwards. That's pretty cool, isn't it? It's the opposite of decay. Easter is death working backwards. You know, the thing about Jesus' resurrection is that Jesus' resurrection brings to life or has the potential to bring back to life all of the dead places and dead areas of our lives. And I'm not talking about zombies, but I'm talking about the places in your lives that we've been killed by our sin. The places in our lives that have been killed by our choices. Jesus has the potential and the ability through his death and resurrection to bring those places back to life. Not to make them better. Not to just add a little Jesus, sprinkle a little Jesus on it, and it's a little bit better. But to resuscitate it. To bring it back to life. To bring it back to what it was supposed to be in the beginning to revive your life. You say, well, Mike, what are you, what are you talking about today? I'm kind of lost. Well, I want to share with you today a story about a resurrection and probably not the one that you expected me to talk about this morning, but I want to share with you a story about a resurrection. We're going to read in John chapter 11. I'm going to start in verse one. We're going to talk about a guy named Lazarus. I always call him Lazarus, Lazarus, good stuff, Lazarus. Now a man was sick, Lazarus, from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. Martha was the one who anointed the Lord with the flagrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, and it was her brother, Lazarus, who was sick. So the sisters sent a message to him. They sent sent a message to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. So here's this guy, Lazarus, and we're going to talk about God's ability to change your life, to bring the dead back to life in your life. And So here's this guy, Lazarus, who's a friend of Jesus's. He gets sick. They think he's going to die. So they send a message to Jesus to try to get Jesus to come and help him out, to Jesus to come and, and make a difference in his life. And I want you to notice as we start talking about God working in your life, transforming, changing your life, I want you to just pay attention from the very beginning what the note says. Maybe even what the note doesn't say. Because what the note doesn't say is, hey, Jesus, here's this guy, Lazarus, who prayed more than anybody else. He's sick. Could you come and help him out? It doesn't say, hey, hey, Jesus, here's this guy, Lazarus, who read his Bible more than anybody else. Could you come and maybe help him out? Or even this one, I got to be careful. But Jesus, here's this guy, Lazarus, he tithed 20% of the church. Could you come help him out? I'd be on my way. Here I come. Here I come. No, here's what the note says. It simply says, Jesus, the one you love. And the first principle, the first thing I want you to understand this morning is we're talking about Jesus working in your life, moving your life, resurrecting the dead places in your life is that Jesus is not motivated. God is not motivated to help you or to save you or to heal you based on your effort or love towards him. 
He's not motivated to help you or save you based on your effort or love towards him. He is motivated to rescue you, to help you, to heal you, to save you. His motivation comes from his incomprehensible love for you. Like God wasn't up in heaven going, okay, I think they've read their Bible enough. Jesus, you can go on down. No. He's not motivated by it. Like I have a, I have a two-year-old son and an eight-month-old son, and I want them to succeed at life. I want them to be happy. I want them to be blessed. I want them to flourish, and I will do anything in my power to make sure that they do that. Right, like I will do. Like if you've been paying attention to the college crisis, where these people have been paying to get their kid in the college, I understand that. I get that. Like if I had the money, I might. Well, maybe. Okay, I would probably do it if I could. Right, I get that. Right, because I I I love them. I want them to have a great life. I want them to have a a, a thrive. I care about them so much. Like like, and this is and, and is it, is it something that my son Gideon and Judah they've they've earned? I mean, he's two. He's literally, in the last 24 hours, screamed at me and pooped on me. Is it something that, here? oh, he's pooped on me. I want him to have a great life. No, it's based on the unfathomable love that a parent has for their child. And here's, here's what I want you to know this morning, is that God is not motivated to help you or to change your life or to transform it based on how your, your effort towards him, but it's all about his love towards you. Let's keep going. Verse four, it says, when Jesus heard it, he said, the sickness will not end in death, but it's for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha, her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he lived. So he says, this isn't gonna end in death. This is happening for the glory of God, essentially so people see Jesus, they understand who he is, they worship him, they glorify God through it. And then it says he stays, or it says that he loves Martha, her sister Mary, and Lazarus. It points that out. You say, why do you think the scripture points that out? Because the next thing that Jesus is going to do doesn't seem very loving. Because they tell him, Jesus, this guy Lazarus that you love so much is sick. He's dying. And Jesus goes, oh, I love him so much. I'm going to hang out a couple more days. Does that seem very loving to you? Like, uh, this last year, my grandfather passed away. And um, every time he would kind of get on the verge, like we thought he, maybe he's, it's, he's getting close, he's getting on the verge, we would pack up the family and we would drive to go see him. And that's like a nine hour drive. He lives in Mississippi. So it wasn't like, let's just hop over to Arlington. You know what I'm saying? We, we wanted to go see, we wanted to be there. And why? Because we, because we love him. And so Jesus hears that, that Lazarus is sick and he just hangs out. And this is baffling because Lazarus is only about two miles away. Like my, Kate, my wife Katie, I'm about to call her my Katie, my wife Katie runs, she runs a few times a week, she could run two miles in like 15 minutes. Like if Jesus got a little boogie in his step, he could get there in 30. You know what I'm saying? And yet he waits, it says he waits two more days. Why? Why? I, I think anybody in here ever get irritated at how long God waits sometimes? Let me flip it around. You ever think Jesus gets irritated waiting on you? Careful now, right? It's okay if we talk about God, but don't talk about me, preacher. <laughs> Somebody's thinking about somebody else. Like, yeah, preach, preacher. They need to move. <laughs> Here's what I'll say on that is when we're waiting on God, we're probably waiting because God is developing and working and moving in a situation for something bigger than what we can understand. 
They say, oh, something better for me? Maybe, but what we do know is it's for a bigger picture. He sees the whole spectrum of things. He sees the whole picture, whereas we only see a little part. Like it may even be for somebody else close to you that you don't even understand. So when you're getting irritated because you're going, God, I'm waiting on you, I'm waiting on you. Here's what I'd say, practice patience. Here's what we tell my son. Uh, Patience is waiting with a good attitude. So River Church, let's wait on God with a good attitude. Finally, after a couple days, verse 11, Jesus says, let's get out of here. So he said this and told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. Then the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he'll get well. Isn't this so funny? Jesus is talking about Lazarus is dead. And they're like, oh, he's sleeping. Jesus, don't wake him up. He's sleeping. He'll get better. Right? don't, Don't wake him up. Nobody likes to be waking up, woken up. Here we have the disciples again, just completely just missing what Jesus is saying. It's just, just flying right over their heads. Anybody ever experienced that with God? Like, God, just tell it to me plainly. <laughs> I don't understand what you're doing here. And so he does, 13. Jesus, however, was speaking about his death. They thought he was speaking about natural spe- sleep. So Jesus told them plainly, sometimes God, just give it to me plainly, man, plainly, Lazarus has died, and I'm glad that I wasn't there so that you may believe. Now, we're going to see that word believe a lot of times in this text today. He says, I'm glad I wasn't there to save him before he died so that you may believe. You may believe. He says, all right, let's go. And then verse 16, this is my favorite verse of the whole passage, because what we, don't, what we missed in the story is that before this, there's people keep trying to kill Jesus, and so they had just come from this place where they're about to go back to, and people kept trying to kill him. Like people, so here they're about to go back to a place where people are trying to kill Jesus, and so Thomas just goes, all right, well, let's go with him so that we may die too. <laughs> like, I don't see this as like brave, brave Thomas. I see this as like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. You know what I'm talking about? Like... <laughs> Well, I'm going to die sometimes. Might as well be today, you know? <laughs> you got people like that in your life, man. Get, over, get away from them as soon as you can. <laughs> that had nothing to do with anything. It's just my favorite verse in this passage. Verse 17, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So, the, so John points this out. This, this is important. There's nothing in the scripture that doesn't matter. This is important. The reason he says he'd been there for four days is because the Jewish people believed that the spirit hovered over the body for three days. What was it doing? I don't know. But they believe that the spirit kind of, after you died, hovers over the body. It hangs out for three days. And then after three days, it gets on out of there. And so this matters because Jesus shows up on the fourth day. So they don't think that Lazarus is dead. They think he's like dead, dead. You know what I'm saying? Did you guys know there's a difference between dead and dead, dead? Apparently there is, right? So they're thinking Jesus showed up and maybe if he had gotten here yesterday, it would be okay. If he got here yesterday, maybe he could have done something. But he's here today and because he showed up on the fourth day instead of the third, now there's nothing that can be done. Nothing that can be done. Verse 20, as soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming out, she went out to meet him, but Mary remained seated in the house. I think Mary's in the house because she's mad because she's like me, like I would be, probably like some of us in here. Jesus, you could have been here. You weren't. It was two miles, Jesus. I'm staying in the house. I've experienced that before with my wife. (laughs) Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. 23, (laughs) awesome. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. 
Martha said, I know that he will rise again on the, and the resurrection of the last days. You know, Katie and I were talking about this story this week, and, and she says this, I know that he will rise again on the resurrection of the last day because the Jewish people believe that at the end of time there's going to be a resurrection, all the do- dead bodies are going to rise up. And so that's what she's kind of reverencing. And what's crazy is I was studying this story this week. Katie was studying it last week, and then I told her I was preaching on this. She's like, oh, I've been reading that. It's kind of cool how that works out. And so as we were talking about it, she said, you know, I think that um, Martha here, I think the reason why she says this is because she's trying to give Jesus an out. Like she wants Jesus to raise Lazarus from the dead. She wants Jesus to heal Lazarus. And so she says, man, Jesus, I believe that if you were here, he would still be alive. And, you know, maybe it'd be cool if you could raise him. But I I know he probably won't. But, you know, but, but I would love it. But if you can't, Jesus, I know he'll still, it'll happen eventually. Like, I know it can't happen today, but maybe, maybe it'll happen someday, Jesus. And here's what I think. If I was looking at my own life, I think we do that with Jesus, too. Because I think we look at Jesus and we're like, God, I would love for you to heal my marriage. God, I would love for you to work in this situation. I'd love for you to get me that job. God, I would love for you to do this. Man, God, would you please do it? Would you please do it, Jesus? Jesus, please do it. But I know you probably can't, so it's okay. Here's your out over here. Here's your excuse, Jesus. And I think we do that because we want him to do it, but somewhere in our soul, we don't really believe that he can and so Martha says to Jesus, man, I would, I would love, I know, I know someday, someday he'll rise again. And I love Jesus' response. He essentially says, not someday, Martha, today. Today is the day, Martha. And he tells her in verse 25, here's why today is the day. Jesus said to her in verse 25, I am the resurrection, and the life. The one who believes, there's that word again, believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Here's what I want for us to understand this morning, River Church, is that the resurrection of Jesus is not some thing, not some far off thing that happened 2,000 years ago. It's not some event that happened 2,000 years ago that we are now disconnected from. Easter is not an event. It's not just a celebration. It's not a party. It's, it's not a holiday where we get dressed up and wear clothes we don't really like. Notice I took off my jacket. Clothes we don't really like. And then go to a church that we're like, I don't really want to go, but I guess I'll go. And then go hang out with people and eat at lunch afterwards that we don't really want to hang out with, right? For some of us, that's what Easter is. That's not Easter, That's not the, it's not an event. It's not a holiday. It's not even just a celebration. Easter is a person. And that person is the one who calls himself the resurrection of life. When Jesus says, I am the resurrection, that means Jesus is someone that we don't just celebrate. Jesus is something that we experience. And that experience with Jesus will change your life. There's a lot of products on TV that are offering to change your life, but Jesus isn't just saying, I'll change your life. Jesus is saying, I will give you life. And you better believe me that there's a difference between the two. Because Jesus isn't saying, just sprinkle a little Jesus on it, I'll make it better. Jesus is saying, experience me and I'll make it new. Experience me and I'll bring it back to life. Experience me and I'll put it back the way it was supposed to be from the very beginning. There's a difference. Verse 26, Jesus says, everyone who believes in me will never die. Everyone who believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? That's what he asks Martha. Martha, do you believe it? 
I don't want Easter to be a holiday or an event for you. I, don't, I, I want it to be a person that you experience today, that, that you believe as you experience Jesus, that he can resurrect the dead places of your life. And look, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be straight with you today. I, I know that there's probably a bunch of different kinds of people in this place today. There's, there's probably someone in here who's never believed in Jesus and don't ever plan on it. They don't want to. They don't intend to. They're just here because they had to come. And look, that's okay. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next Easter. <laughs> I hope Jesus changes your mind. Matter of fact, you can come back next week if you want. We'd love to have you. I think there's probably some people in here who are curious about Jesus and intrigued by Jesus and okay, maybe, 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 maybe I'll think about it more. And you're not quite there yet. You don't know if you believe. I'm so happy you're here. I want to have a church full of people just like you. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. Let Jesus work and change and shape. And maybe one day that curiosity will become belief. I think there's probably some people in here that maybe want to believe for the first time. I also think there's probably people in here who need to believe again. Like people in here who used to believe and then life happened. <laughs> like you got punched in the face and kicked in the mouth. And somewhere along the lines, you just stopped believing. There's probably some of us in here this morning like Martha who say, Jesus, I believe, I want to believe. But I just don't know. Here's your out. Maybe not today. Maybe someday, Jesus. And here's what I want to tell you this morning is Jesus isn't calling you to someday. Jesus is calling you to today. He's saying, do you believe? It can be today. And I think it's so interesting if you, as we look at what happens when Jesus gets to Lazarus' tomb. He's going to raise Lazarus from the dead in a second, just like he can raise you back up and not just your soul or your body, but your emotions, your relationships. He can raise hope back up into your life. He can bring you back from death to life. But look at this when he gets to Lazarus' tomb, verse 34. He shows up. He says, all right, where's Lazarus at? They go, the tomb's over there. He walks over and verse 35, it says, Jesus wept. And not just like, it's not like a cry. He weeps. It's like the ugly, ugly cry. You know what I'm talking about? the one that rises up in you that you can't control. And then after that, in verse 38, it says, then Jesus gets angry and he says, roll away the stone. And this is so interesting to me because we see Jesus experience two emotions. One, he weeps for his friend and then he gets angry. And I think those are probably emotions that we feel when we lose someone too, don't we? We're sad, we're broken, and we're mad. But I genuinely believe that Jesus is upset and he's sad for his friend who's experiencing death. I believe he's angry at these circumstances that cause it. Like I think he's mourning in his soul that his friend has died and he's angry that he had to die. And you're saying, what, what, shouldn't he be mad at himself? Like he could have just showed up and changed the situation. Well, it's deeper than that. Because I, I believe that he's not just angry that his friend is, has passed away. I don't think he's just sad that his friend has passed away. I think that Jesus is angry and mourning the brokenness of this world. I think he's mourning over the fact that there's sin in this world and brokenness in this world that, that makes death and suffering and shame and just brokenness a part of the human experience. I think he's angry about that. And I think that there's probably some of you in here that he feels that same way about you. You know, Mike, are you saying Jesus is mad at me? No, I'm saying Jesus is mad for you. And he's weeping for you. 
He's broken over the the suffering of your life. He's angry at the pain in your life. He's weeping over the hopelessness that you're experiencing in certain areas of your life. And I believe with every single ounce of my soul that he wants to do something about that for you. I think he's angry about what you're having to go through. I believe he's mourning over the brokenness and the sin that you have to walk with. And I believe he wants to do something about it. That you believe that he can. Because through his death and resurrection on the cross, he's going to defeat sin and pain once and for all. And although we're going to walk through brokenness and suffering in this life, because we are Christian, we will always have hope because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. And I believe even in this moment as he's weeping and he's angry over his friend who has passed away, I believe that Jesus is looking towards the cross and he's saying, in just a little bit, I'm going to defeat this and conquer this once and for all. Let me ask you this morning, River Church, do you want him to resurrect the broken places of your soul today? Do you want him to resurrect the broken areas of your life today? My hope for you is that you would believe. My hope for some of you is that you would believe again. And you say, well, Mike, man, my life is death, dead. My, my, there's so much just brokenness in me. There's so much shame in me. You don't know the mistakes that I've made. There's nothing Jesus can do. And I don't, I don't believe that. There's this really cool story I read a while back. It's about a place called Death Valley. If you know where Death Valley is in California, here, let me show you a picture of it. So this is Death Valley. It is one of the most miserable places in the United States. Anybody want to go? It is barren. It is dead. I mean, it's so hot. It's the hottest place in the United States. It's so hot that the ground is cracking. Like if the ground's cracking, you know it's hot. You know what I mean? In just a couple months, we're going to experience that, aren't we? Maybe today. Here's what's crazy about this place. In Death Valley, there is like nothing that lives in Death Valley. But in December of 2004, something really interesting happened in Death Valley. A weather pattern that had never gone through Death Valley before goes through Death Valley. And in, at one time, Death Valley gets seven inches of rain. And you know what happened? Nothing. Nothing. Well, Mike, that's a great story. Thanks for that. But... A couple months later, in Easter of 2005, Death Valley looked like this. And it looked like this. One more. It looked like that. You see, here's the thing is that what we didn't realize about Death Valley is that Death Valley was not in fact dead. That below the surface of the ground, there was potential that there were seeds waiting for a resurrection. That it just needed the right environment, it just needed the right amount of rain to come, and that because there was seas there under the ground, it meant that there had been life there before, right? It meant life had been there before, it had just died, and it needed to be resurrected again. Easter is death working backwards. And I believe that below the surface of your life, below the surface of your emotions, below the surface of your pain, your past, your mistakes, your suffering, your brokenness, I believe that there are seeds that are waiting for a resurrection. 
And it's a resurrection that can only be made possible because of the beautiful, holy, and wonderful sacrifice that Jesus made for you on the cross. And that his resurrection can bring you back to life. My prayer for you this morning, River Church, is that Easter wouldn't just be the celebration of an event, but a person who you experience. River Church, stand with me this morning. We're going to sing. And like I said, if you were here today, you probably fall into one of four categories. Nope, never going to become a Christian. Don't want to become a Christian. Please keep coming back. Maybe you're curious. I don't know. I want to I want to know about this. Maybe learn a little bit more. Well, keep coming back. Keep coming back. Maybe today you're here and you're in a relationship with Jesus and you know him and you want to worship him today. We're going to worship him as we sing this next song. I want you to sing loud. I want you to sing proud. I want you to glorify and honor and worship your king today for all that he's done for you. But maybe you're in here today and you walked in here and you didn't believe but now you want to believe. Or maybe you're in here today and you used to believe, but you stopped believing and you want to believe again. If that's you here today, I, I want to see you experience the resurrection in your soul. And so during this time as we worship, if that's you, I want to encourage you to pray out, to cry out to God. Tell him with your mouth, with your words, God, I want to give you my life. I want to experience your salvation. I want to experience your resurrection that can heal me, that can bring me back to life. I want to be forgiven for my sins. Listen, he hears you, and it doesn't have to happen someday. It can happen today. Do you believe it? Like Jesus told Martha, do you believe? believe it. So we're going to worship him in this space today. And if that's you, talk to him, give your life to him today. And if you'd like to pray with somebody, we're going to have some people hanging out down here that you can come and pray with and can guide you through what that looks like. Let's worship our King today. Amen.